The next supporter of the podcast is RX Bar. RX Bar is the company that I work for full time, as you probably all know by now. And we're the makers of that cool protein bar that you look at and it has all the ingredients on the front. And then we say there's no BS as well. Um, you guys got to check it out if you haven't tried an RX Bar before. Um, all of our ingredients are right there on our packaging. We don't lie about any of the shit that goes into most other protein bars. And we tell how it is right on the front. We have protein bars for adult. We call them adult bars, but just the normal RX bar. We have a kid's line, which is fantastic. Minis, which is smaller RX bars for those of you who you know want a smaller snack. We have a nut butter line of single serve and multi-serve flavors. Um, we launched a layers bar, which is a combination of a protein or the RX bar and a nut butter layer on top. And then we also have RX oats. So think better for you oatmeal with egg whites and higher protein. So give it a shot. The link is in the bio and thanks RX bar for supporting the podcast. Welcome to episode 79 of Simply Finance with Shane White. Thank you all for listening today. Um, we're about to kick off the episode right after this, but I'm going to switch things up a little bit in this episode. Um, at the beginning right now, I'm going to uh, remind you guys of a few links. As always in the show notes, um, I always have a few links for you guys that I hope are helpful or you know something great for you to learn more about or use. Um, I like to share things like that that uh, I enjoy. Uh, in the show notes. So number one, what I use to invest with, that's Robinhood. I've talked about it to length on here. If you want to give it a shot and give it a, get a free stock, click the link in the show notes and you can sign up for an account and you'll get a free stock when you sign up. If you don't know what companies to invest in or even where to get started or, or how to start that process, I've created a, a free tool for all of you to check out called the COVID Stock Market Rebound Tracker. And really all it is is a spreadsheet on Google Sheets that I've created that's an ongoing list of companies of stocks that I'm either invested in, looking to invest in, or just keeping on my radar. It's a pretty extensive list. And I think for all of you, it's a great place to start and just get an idea of the companies that I'm looking at. Um, as mentioned before, RX Bar is a partner of this podcast. You can check out a link in there to go to the website. Uh, and then I also, you know, I'm, if you haven't picked up on it yet, having founders on here who, um, you know, have different backgrounds in health, wellness, fitness, as well as, um, obviously the athletes we've had, had on here, a product that I constantly talk about, I don't get paid a penny for, but on, honestly, I talk about them constantly and, and share it with everybody is a company called whoop. And what it is, is it's a tracker, a wearable tracker on my wrist that I wear 24 seven. It has no notification things on it, so there's no screen. It doesn't have like a, a, a clock or you know anything on there. It's just a strap, and it's connected to your phone. And what it does is it tracks your uh, basically your strain during the day, so your cardiovascular strain to give you a zero to twenty-one score. Then it uses um, very deep sleep metrics, so it, it basically tracks your sleep plus the works the work you did the day before to give you a recovery score. So the next day you wake up and you get a either a red, yellow, or green score. And it kind of, you know, without getting into the weeds of it here, because I could talk about it for an hour, it has transformed the way I exercise, the way I handle, um, you know, different things in my diet, whether that's the types of foods I eat, when I eat, um, you know, alcohol consumption, um, a, a million different things you can test and learn by wearing the strap 
uh, 24-7. Anyway, it's the coolest thing I've ever had. I'm one of those people who has had Fitbits and um, you know Apple Watches and every possible device. And once I found Whoop, I finally found something. I've, I've actually had it for over a year now. I wear it religiously, and I share it with all my friends and family and always tell people they should grab it. Um, if you want to try it for free, actually, so the difference here is Whoop, and they're not a sponsor of the podcast even. I just love talking about them. Um, you get the strap, the actual physical hardware for free. It's $30 a month, um, so it's like a subscription model. But with the link in the show notes, you actually get the first month for free. So you get the product for free plus the first month of the app and all of the user interface for free. Uh, and you can see if you like it. With uh, And you can actually cancel it at the end of the month if you don't like it. So it'll be zero, zero dollars out of pocket. So give Whoop a try. Hope you guys uh, check it out. It's The link, like I said, is in the show notes. So click on that, sign up with my link, and you'll get a free month. All right, everybody. Today's episode is just me, solo episode, and it's up right after this. Talk to you guys soon. See ya. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Simply Finance with Shane White. It is Friday, November 13th. Friday the 13th. Whoa. That's today. Um, today's going to be hopefully a fun one. Uh, it's not a long episode. Um, you know, I've had a couple solo episodes as of late, uh, as I've been working on lining up some really, really great guests um, for the next couple of weeks. There's been a lot of work going into the next round of uh, high quality content coming to you from Simply Finance. Uh, before we dive in today, uh, next week, we got three guests lined up that are phenomenal, all three very different backgrounds, um, doing very different things in their life and lots of different angles to come across um, for, of content for the podcast. So excited for all that. Keep an eye out for new episodes dropping. Um, if you don't follow me, uh, the one thing I've been trying to think about for all of you is how do I make sure you guys all know of new episodes the best way? I've tried a few different things. Obviously, if you, you know, you're listening to this, you can hit subscribe or follow uh, for the podcast. So if you're listening to this on iTunes, uh, you can just hit that follow button. Uh, the same thing on Spotify, um, Google Podcasts, all those are the same. If you're on YouTube watching this, uh, hit that subscribe button and then you guys will get notified when there are new episodes. Um, and if you don't want to do any of that, the place that I'm the best at sharing all of the new information out is on Instagram. Then you can find me at Shane underscore white. Um, and then uh, Twitter, it's the other way around. So it's white underscore Shane. Um, and I'm always posting things about the podcast. And when there's new episodes, posting information about those. So those are great places to give me a follow and stay in the loop on all the stuff that I'm talking about. So today, episode 79, which is insane that we are almost to 80 episodes. And um, today is going to be risks and rewards of different investing strategies in the stock market. And really just simplifying this down and talking to you guys through a concept that I've been talking with some friends about over the last few weeks and just risk and reward of, um, of investing. And really what I want to talk about and get into is 
kind of two different paths that I notice a lot of people go down. There's one where they look at investing and I'll back up before I even get into these two, there's no right or wrong way. And I think hopefully if you've listened to enough, enough episodes now, that has been a theme that I, I hope stands out to all of you is no matter if it comes to personal finance, no matter if it comes to investing, no matter if it comes to athletics, no matter if it comes to starting a business and being an entrepreneur or starting a brand, there's not one way to do it. Um, the one consistent thing through you know the 78 previous episodes is that there's a million different ways to do things. You just got to go, you got to try, and you got to stay consistent. And today's no different. And what I want to get into is there's, you know, two main ways that I see in here, friends, family, acquaintances, colleagues, investing, um, and just walking you guys through what the pros and cons are of those. And really the two ways are long, slow growth, right? So in most time, honestly, this is the, this is the, my strategy. This is what I use. I do the other, the second option that I'll talk about next Sometimes, um, but honestly, as I've gotten a little bit older, the more investing I've done, the more interested in longer term uh, strategic investments that I'm going to play uh, over for long term, you know, hold on to for a long term or what's called, you know, having a long position um, in companies uh, that way. And that's, that's what I talk about a lot on here. Um, but again, I've mentioned here, I know plenty of people that do day trading and the second option is the second route isn't day trading necessarily, but it is shorter term trying to find those stocks that are going to pop those stocks that are going to show incredible growth over a short period of time uh, or trying to hop on, you know, the news cycle and buying a company while it's down and hoping over the short term, it's going to pop and you're going to make a lot of money. Those are honestly the two major routes that I hear most of people that I interact with uh, talk about when they talk about, investing. And I'll start off with uh, what I know best and what I talk about on here the most, and that's strategic long-term investing decisions. Um, so, and I'll just kind of go through some pros and cons. And, and again, today is just a kind of an informational episode to talk through these different avenues and what you can expect if you're someone who's new, or if you're someone who really wants to try both, uh, what you can kind of expect in both. So again, the, the first route I'll say is the, the shorter, longer term, or not shorter, I apologize, the longer term investing strategies uh, where you're pumping money in over the long term, you're not as worried about the you know, daily, the weekly, or even the monthly return on a stock because you're viewing it as a long term investment. And the pros of this Number one is just you're not going to be stressed out. Uh, there's some people that if you're into the shorter term stocks, you need to be glued to your computer or your phone. You're always paying attention to the exact movements. And I think there's anxiety that builds that way when you feel like you need to sell once it hits a certain number. When you're doing something for the long term, you should be investing in companies who you deep down believe are selling something or delivering a service that you are bullish on, that you think is going to continue to grow, or you believe in that executive team that leads that company, or they're just a you know blue chip company that's been around for a long time, and you just believe that their dividends and their growth trajectory 
makes sense and something you just want to keep holding on to because you believe in this company and you believe what they can deliver for their shareholders. When you do that, I mean, that's how most of my investments are set up. Now, do I look at the stock market every day and pay attention to my portfolio's performance every week? Yes. Do I obsess over it though? No. And that has been a change for me. Um, when I first got started, and I'll talk about this in a little more detail later in the episode, but I was into the, you know, I want to buy, buy a stock by the end of this week or the end of this month. My hope is it goes to, you know, this percent. And if it does, I'll sell. That did create a lot of stress and, and you can make a lot of money and we'll get into that too, doing the other way, which, you know, no risk without the, or there's no reward without the risk. So it is, it's not a bad thing to maybe have the anxiety or um, build up that tension when you're constantly worried about the stock market. But one of the benefits of thinking long-term is that that should not be where your head's at because if you're making decisions and stressing about your stock positions daily, weekly, even monthly, then you're going to be emotional and you're not going to stick to your plan like we've talked about on here and staying consistent and keep pumping money into your portfolio. So that's number one. Number two is um, the other major reason I like this is this is how um, some of the largest, and when I say largest, I mean portfolio sizes and investors that I've researched handle their business. And when I say that, I'm, I'm talking about the really like the Warren Buffetts of the world. Um, some of these people who have massive amounts of wealth and are buying and selling stocks uh, in, in, the, in, the, in the realm of sizes that are going to actually move and impact the market, they're not usually doing that on a daily, weekly basis. Now they can, right? And there will be times where they will get in and out of positions. But for the most part, you see these people sitting back, looking at macro pictures of the economy, looking at macro pictures of these businesses and trying to understand the underlying health one thing through a lot of the research I've done on Warren Buffett is a couple tricks. And I've actually talked about them on earlier episodes here, but if you're newer to the uh, podcast platform, um, I'll kind of reiterate is, you know, Warren Buffett doesn't just look at the trends of a stock. And I think that's probably one of the biggest misconceptions of a lot of early and new coming investors are people get so wrapped up in the past, Right. And when I say that is you're looking at it, you know, you, you type in Apple on Yahoo Finance or whatever you use, and you're mostly looking at where the stock has been, right? If you look at a stock ticker or you look at the charts uh, for any stock, that's just looking at the past, right? That doesn't tell you anything about the future. And if, in, you know, if you take a step back, that's how, that's how the stock market, most of the news you see is all talking about the past. Um, and the past can indicate things in the future, but what Warren Buffett has kind of become famous for is he doesn't, he doesn't really give a shit where it's been, right? He is really focused on where it's going. And that's really what only thing that matters when it comes to the return on your investment is where a stock is going. So some of the things that I've started to use, and this is what I like about long-term investing, I like getting macro and thinking about my portfolio for the next 5, 10, 20, 40 years, where can it be, is you know, he looks at things like the underlying health of the business. So, um, you know, looking at an income statement or a balance sheet. Um, those are all public things that you can see if it's a publicly traded company. 
those, there's previous episodes you can listen to where I kind of dive into what those are and how they work. And by doing that, you start to, if you're, especially if you have a little bit of financial acumen and you kind of understand some of the metrics that are important to look at, then you can really start to understand what has happened over, you know, the past few months, quarters, years for a stock and start to understand the underlying health of a business and start to understand the business decisions that they're making versus just purely looking at the stock price. So that's number one. So really getting into the weeds of some financial statements and trying to get a good pulse on the health of a business. The, the other one though, that I actually don't do enough of, I do some of, but Warren is famous for this, is he actually likes to go and look on, you know, any of, you can find these on any of your investing platforms you look at, but go to a, go to a stock and then go down to the executive team. So go and look at who the CEO is, the CFO, all of the, um, you can look at the board of directors, you can see who the leaders of that company are. And then he actually does research on these people. So he'll go to, you know, he'd go to Apple and obviously Tim Cook is the CEO of Apple. So he would research Tim Cook and try to understand what he's, where his, you know, career path has taken him, what experiences he has had from those, what are things he said publicly about past companies and his company that he's working for now. He'll get a good understanding of the kind of the playbook of the people leading these companies. So then all of a sudden you have, now you have, what does the health of this business look like over the past few years? You have, what is the you know, health of the leadership team, the people leading this company forward? Um, and then from taking all that and then looking at a macro market picture, he starts to really create an idea around um, the health of a potential investment. So that I'm just bringing all that up because if you're, if you're someone like me who's thinking about long-term investments and long-term um, portfolio gains, that's the due diligence that you have the pleasure of doing, right? So if I'm thinking about getting heavier and heavier into a stock that I'm going to, I'm going to hold on to for maybe five or 10 years or longer, who knows? Um, I, I'm not in a rush. It doesn't really matter if I buy a stock yesterday, today, tomorrow. I potentially could miss out on some gains of you know a major day in the market. There's always that potential, right? It's always moving up or down. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I also could lose out on a miss. You don't know. But if you're worried about years, if not decades for your portfolio, a day or two to do some due diligence and research is going to pay off a lot more on you making a decision whether you want to invest or not invest versus just jumping in. So kind of the other benefit is just you have time, you can be a little more patient and diligent in your investing background search and really feel like you're making, you know, hopefully educated decisions on these companies. So that's another benefit. Um, and really, I think there's one major key downside to my type of investing, what I like to focus on long-term. And that is, the flashy showing, sharing how much you've earned this year. I think there's become something, especially in this coronavirus economy that's happened over the last seven or eight months um, and all the new people getting into investing. I love that. I love that there's so many people sharing ideas, sharing, you know, what's worked well, what's not. Um, it's, you know, it's even given probably some light to my podcast and, and this platform um, because people are more interested and more people are interested just as from a numbers perspective. So that's all fantastic. That's great. I love to see that. What I don't love is the people wanting to be like, well, I just, you know, pumped or not pumped. Probably a better way to phrase this is I, I, I don't like the, 
the bragging of how much you've made or your portfolio's gain in just terms of a short period. And now it's not because maybe I haven't performed as well as some of these people that I'm thinking of or following or, you know, involved with. I'm honestly, I'm one of those people that is pumped for you that you've done well. I, I think that's fantastic. I love seeing other people win more than one person can win. And that's always been my mentality, but people who are sucked into that world of trying to prove that they, you know, they're leading the pack on how much they've made today or this week or this month. Um, usually that catches up to people and I'll kind of get into it when I go down the other route of things I've learned. Um, but that can really catch up to you unless that's something you focus on all the time. And that's your constant focus. Then I would be wrong in this situation. And I would say that's the right thing to do. But a lot of people are trying to pick the next hot stock and that game just doesn't work long-term. And there's been some of the best investors on the planet who have written extensively and talked extensively about this. So the, the, down, the downside of my strategy and the strategy of thinking long-term and slow and diligent investing is really purely that. It's just you're not going to have these flashy numbers usually of crazy amounts of growth over a short time. But that's not what I'm shooting for. We're not, I'm not shooting for trying to find the next stock that's going to pop 30% next week. Um, that's just not, that game is not something that I'm as interested in as I am seeing my portfolio grow 20% over the next two years um, or something, you know, in that regard where it's like slow and steady wins the race. That's, that's more of my mentality. So anyway, that's really the only downside I can see is, you know, you're not going to have these flashy numbers that you can share with your friends, your family, your, your social media following per se. Now the other side of the coin, the other type of investing I see a lot is this short term hunting for the next big thing to pop. Now what's the positive of that? Number one, it's exciting. It's fun as shit. I will agree. It is so fun to, if you have the time and you have the money and you have the energy to dive into that and try to find the next big thing, take some risks, take some bets. The risks there are, you know, you're dumping money into things that you really are. You're kind of gambling. A lot of those people that do that, it's a different form of gambling. You're not at the blackjack table um, or the roulette table, but you're basically gambling. You're hoping that something jumps on gut feeling and not a lot of data usually, right? So that's fun. That is a fun thing to do. But again, flip side, here's one of the downsides. It's risky, right? It's risky and, and not in an educated risk type of way like we do with long-term uh, diligence. This is short-term risk that could have a reward, right? If you are, if you do manage to find a stock that pops, congrats, you did it, you hit it, and you did it, you hit it. Love that, that's funny. And then, but how many times do you have to test that and lose before you find another hit? And the reason I'm saying it this way is that's how me and some of my buddies really got into this um, back in you know the 2014, 2015 investing time when we were in our first real jobs um, and really like testing these things out with investing. And I will say back when we were doing that, um, it's fun. I mean, it's like all we talked about, you know, we'd have one of those threads at, you know, on our work chat and it was something we chatted about all the time. Uh, and it was fun. And when we hit and we won, it was a great feeling. It was a major day. It was the thing you guys talked about for a week. Um, 
but I always noticed that we were missing more than we were hitting. And that, and that potentially by all means could have just been us being novices, novices, however you pronounce that. And, um, you know, not doing a good job of picking the right stocks. But again, it was a gamble. It was a guess. Our guesses were not correct. So, um, I just think that is a fun game to play. I, I even tell my friends and, and family and people I talk to about this that I think it's fantastic that people, if they love doing that, they decide to put you know X percent of their monthly investing money. Make sure you know a component of that is the type of investing we talk about where it's you know, you're constantly pushing it into the market. It's a, there's a consistent flow going in every couple of weeks or whatever, every week, every month, however you can delineate that. And then put a chunk to the side, an X percent is going to be like my gamble money, my fun money, my um, whatever you want to call it, but it's the stuff you want to take a risk on. I think that's totally fine. And I think that's a healthy balance to keep. Um, but I, I would be weary to tell any of you that that's a, that's a strategy that's going to work um, with all of your investing, like putting all of your, your eggs in, one, in that basket to hope that you hit it big. So that's, you know, there was a risk and there was a positive and a, and a negative uh, to that first component. Um, the other, really the other benefit to doing that type of investing, I think, is just you're going to be so tied into the news. You're going to be so tied into what's happening in the market, what's going on with all these companies. I think that pays dividends a lot more than people take um, or, or, or really recognize. And when I say that, anything you focus on, daily, weekly, multiple times a day. Those are the things that you get better at. Those are the things that you improve on. Those are the things that you move forward with. And if you're someone who is, is worried about making money every day, the benefit is that you're going to be tied in and know more about what's going on in the market than most of your friends or family or colleagues. The downside of that, again, is you don't really have a strategy. Your strategy is trying to guess jackpot stocks and you're going to get sucked into spending a lot of time focused on that instead of focusing on anything else whether that's a, your career whether that's you starting a business whether that's you finding another source of income and you know building wealth that way whether it's um, friends family you know your marriage whatever it is that you need to spend more time on um, by by being those, that person that's sucked into making small, like especially if you're someone who's spending hours and hours focused on the stock market a day and you're only able to invest small amounts of money that are not going to move the needle for your overall wealth. Um, the risk there is that you just get sucked into it. It becomes an addiction and you're not really moving the needle on your wealth. So something to think about. Um, I really changed gears when I started researching people like Warren Buffett. Uh, you know, you can say you're good and you're bad things about him. Um, um, but Dave Ramsey is the other person that kind of got me thinking in like this set it and forget it kind of mentality, which is not what I do specifically, but it's definitely more so I'm thinking big long term. You know, when something like COVID hits or an election time comes and the market starts going down, like I don't react to that stuff anymore. Um, and the way I think about it is it's an it's my portfolio, me and my wife's portfolios. It's money set aside that's meant for us someday, right? It's, it's us planting the seeds today 
so that our crop will be grown when we need it, when we're older and we want to have money to make big decisions with. Um, so I don't need that money today or tomorrow. And again, this is where it doesn't, it doesn't matter how much it is. It's about being consistent with whatever you can afford, putting it in, letting it grow. My analogy kind of works with like the, lo- the, the option one, which is the long-term strategic macro vision of how your portfolio should look and grow. That's like planting seeds, right? You're planting seeds and, and watching your plants grow over time. The other side is, you know, you're putting seeds in the ground. You're hoping a couple of them grow faster than the other ones. You're going to rip them out and keep putting new seeds in and ripping them out and hope they grow. Um, I just don't think that strategy works long-term and you can, you can hit me up on here and and explain to me why I'm wrong. Um, I'm definitely not saying I'm completely right, but my perspective is just the, the long term consistent strategies seem to work the best. Um, 2020 for me has been a year where I've learned that taking small bites every single day towards a broader, larger goal work immensely. Uh, And I don't know if that's just my type of um, work style that works well for me, but I used to have these big goals or big investment strategies and that's all I had. And then I didn't have small ways of making steps every day or every week to get to those. Um, And I think investing is no different than goal setting when it comes to What's your big long-term goal? How do you turn that into a quarterly goal or like a weekly goal? And then how do you turn that into a daily habit? For me, investing has turned into, you know, I don't even have a dollar value that I have in mind that I want to get our portfolio to. I just want it to be, I just want it to grow and grow and grow. And each year I'm probably going to set that goalpost of how big I want it to be further out. That's kind of my methodology. And then you know, my strategy, like I've said in here before is, you know, every time I get paid from my day job, I have a set amount of money that goes right in my Robinhood account. And what that does is it puts it on autopilot. So there's money in that account every, for me, it's every two weeks. And I know that when that money comes in, I'm investing it boom right away. And I use partial shares. So I, you know, I split it all up into smaller chunks and it's all invested in stocks. So I get paid on a Friday by the end of day, Friday, it's invested. So that money is invested, um, you know, within a day. Um, so that's a, you know, that's how like a, a broader goal turned into a weekly or really a bi-weekly um, task that is building towards that broader portfolio goal. And then daily, you know, I do things like I update our, our, uh, our family budget in the morning. First thing, that's like one of the things in my morning routines I do. So we always are on track to make sure we can still invest and save enough and not overspend in any category. Um, and I keep an eye on the stock market and I keep an eye on my stocks every day. I glance through my portfolio and look at what's going on and try to keep track of trends that I'm seeing. Um, so you see how that large macro portfolio goal ca- turns all the way into little things that I do every day. And you can apply that to more than just investing in your life. I've found that to be successful in lots of different avenues. But I hope this all helps. Uh, again, this, this episode's a little bit more of just my perspective. Um, I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of hate on this um, for the people who like to uh, do more day trading or short-term investing. And like I said, I know people who do really well with doing that. So I'm not knocking day trading or short-term investing or any of that. There is tons of money to be made in that. I just think for the vast majority of you guys out there who want to start investing or are investing but want to see more return, uh, the Warren Buffett method or uh, you know, methods like that, I think personally, 
um, will lead to longevity of you investing and staying up on invest investing. It'll help you to not get burned out. And I think over time, it's actually going to, it's actually going to turn into um, a better return. So this is my, this is just my perspective. Um, happy Friday, the 13th. I hope all of you are healthy and happy. And I hope everyone here has a fantastic weekend. Uh, I appreciate you guys all for listening to another episode of Simply Finance with Shane White. And like I said, next week is a big week. Lots of great guests and content, and I'm excited to bring it to all of you. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I hope you have a great day.